What if you said yes to the Holy Spirit today? You were made for a life of wild adventure. A spirit-filled, spirit-powered life. But sometimes we feel hopeless, powerless to help, in an overwhelming world with so much need all around us. We wonder if God can really use us. Aren't Christians called to live like Jesus, doing what we see the Father doing? Isn't being a Christian about doing what Jesus did? Isn't being a Christian about having the Holy Spirit in us, doing great things through us in powerful ways? If those are the questions you're asking, you're in good company. We are a movement of people saying yes to God, welcoming the Holy Spirit to use us at any moment, in any place, no matter who we are or where we've come from. And we have thousands of stories of ordinary people being used by an extraordinary God in the places we work, play, and live. Heal the sick, pray for the lonely, set captives free, have faith that moves mountains. We get to do it all, every day, if we're willing to say yes to the Holy Spirit. God can use you at home, at work, at school, in the grocery store, riding a taxi, or talking to our neighbor. Wherever we find ourselves, God is there, waiting for us to say yes, Holy Spirit, yes to whatever you want to do through me. And when we say yes, things change, and we change too. Say yes to the Holy Spirit changing you. Say yes to the Holy Spirit helping you to see others in need. Say yes to the Holy Spirit using you in your family, your neighborhood, your place of study or work, your city, and around the world. Life with the Spirit can be a wild ride. It can be a bigger adventure than we had planned for our lives, but it's worth it. You can live an exciting life led by the Spirit. You can be an empowered follower of Jesus who takes risks and has miraculous adventures with God. How much more will your Father in Heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask Him? Be changed. Be available. Be ready for what God will do. Say yes to the Holy Spirit. Good morning. So welcome if you just joined us now, uh, uh, either here or online. I'm Edgar King. I am the lead pastor, and it's always a joy to do this. Um, I know there was like uh, on in the video, there's like a, a, a handsome guy with a haircut like mine. It's not me. Some of you have asked. No, none of you has. <laughs> I'm worried about that. Um, I don't know if you guys are, are familiar with. Uh, YouTubers who just create content and then go, so many of you have been asking me when no one's asked them anything. So many of you have been asking me, <laughs> uh, what series are we doing? Anyway, so you know, we've been talking about the Holy Spirit um, and uh, he's sadly, he's a, f a familiar stranger to so many people. 
We sing about him, we talk about him, we, we mention him in our prayers, but we really don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit. Like, uh, we know what to do with God the Father, great. We know what to do with, with God, uh, Jesus, God the Son, great. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, many of us don't know what to do with him. Yet, he is the promise that really excited Jesus. Right before his death, he gets so excited, he's looking at his disciples going, you guys are sad, you have no idea what's coming, it's better. But many of us would, would, would trade what we have today for one, a face-to-face -face conversation with Jesus. Yet Jesus was going, oh, what you guys are about to have is far much better. He said it was better for him to go. So that's why we've been having this conversation. Like, why would this excite Jesus that much? Are we really invited to this adventure? Healing the sick, raising the dead, uh, casting out evil spirits and being transformed and living in communion with God. None of those things can happen without uh, 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 being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so some of the movements I've been tracing through this series uh, is, is, is uh, one, I started with this invitation that all of us have been invited to be filled with the Holy Spirit. This has always been the deal. From the beginning, hum human beings were created to be temples of the Holy Spirit. Human beings, kings, oh, okay mentioning my name human beings are created to be full of God's presence and his glory and so I trace this movement where in the Old Testament it was mostly just the prophets it was one person at a time for a given community at a given season but things start seeping in about God's heart Moses one or uh, one famous big-time prophet uh, uh, said that he was looking forward to the, the, the spirit had been poured out to some elders and they were prophesying and one, 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 of his, one of his leaders came and said do you remember the two guys we invited and they didn't come because they were stubborn they're also prophesying right it's like because we get jealous sometimes we want God to only use us that's what was going on with Joshua by the way let's not pretend he's a good guy but he was struggling so anyway Moses tells him are you are you like, oh, how I wish all of God's people were prophets and that they would prophesy. You see what is beginning to seep in? God's heart for humanity, that all of God's people would be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Ezekiel had a vision, one that we've gone back to the last two weekends. He had a vision of dry bones, death, and they're disjointed, and God brings them back together as he prophesies. But the second part of the prophecy was very interesting, because God asked him, do you think these bodies can, be, uh, can have uh, uh, breath again? And he's going, you know what, I'm not too sure. Only you, O oh Lord, know all things. He's kind of saying, I don't think so, come on. But he's being nice. And, and the Spirit of God says, prophesy. And as he prophesies, the wind, the breath of God fills these bodies and, and turns them into an army. Do you see what's sipping in? The very promise that all of God's children will be filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Joel, a later prophet, prophesies and says, a time is coming and behold that time is now. That the, the, the Lord of hosts, God, Yahweh, will pour out His Spirit. The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord will be poured out on all flesh. All flesh. Indian flesh, Lua flesh, Kikuyu flesh, Kenyan flesh, American. All flesh. That sounds so wrong, but I'm just using Bible scripture. It's so, it's so weird. 
Anyway, so the Spirit of the Lord will be poured out on all flesh, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Sons and daughters is one way of saying all of us, because you are someone's son or you are someone's daughter. All of us will prophesy. And that's what we settled on last week. Uh, Just before I go on. So if you received a prophetic word last week and you're just wondering, what do I do with such things? We have materials for, for, for uh, some guidance on what to do when you receive a prophetic word. Even if it's not last week, uh, it, it might happen, it might have happened. What do you do when you receive a prophetic word? So it's all free, it's there. If you need um, devotionals to go along this series, we also have them there. It's all free uh, for anyone who wants any and you can carry some for your family too. Anyway, so um, uh, then Jesus comes along and Jesus says, Jesus says he is the fulfillment of all this prophecy. He is the one man that is full of God's presence and glory. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He is one with the father. And then he says, listen up. All of you are supposed to be like this. If you are with me, I will make this how you live streams of living water meaning the holy spirit will also flow through you as it flows through me and 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 how jesus does it is that he preaches god's word and he demonstrates god's word he isn't just saying hey god is good he's showing that god is good because the poor are receiving good news he isn't just saying god is healer he's showing god is healer because he is healing the sick he's not just saying that god will give sight to the blind he's actually giving sight to the blind his words came with authority and power and he said guess what anyone who believes can do this anyone who believes will be filled with the Holy Spirit and it will flow out of them Jesus's promise is it can be for you for you for you and even for me that's incredible just take a moment and think of Jesus and what you like about him whether you think it's like let's be honest sometimes we struggle with this right but think of all the things you like about Jesus he's looking at you and saying this can be you too if you like that he healed the sick he's saying that's what I'm inviting you to if you like that he he comforted the the lonely he's saying yeah this can be you too anyone anyone Jessica, John, Michael, even me. But did Jesus really mean anyone? Does it? Like, don't we struggle with that? It's, we are very, I know this church is, has very good Christians. We like, like, yes, it means anyone. But do we really believe it's anyone? Do you really believe it includes you? That's what I want us to pursue a little bit. If we're very honest, often when we read that, we actually think it only meant the super apostles. We, we honestly translate that to mean John, Peter, James, and Paul. That's why we celebrate them. Oh, then Paul had his handkerchief healed people. Wasn't that great? We don't think that could be us. Now, don't start selling your handkerchiefs. It's gross. But, but you know, we just don't think that could be us. We think it's super apostles. We... we most of us think it's only the early church it's like yeah those things used to happen not anymore most of us think those of us who are like yeah maybe it's not just the early church but i think it's only the pastors because they're paid to do this 
or at least they're professionals. And if it, if it overflows Kidogo, it's, it's one of the worship leaders. And so you're looking at George going, come on, turn some water into wine, George. So we really often ask ourselves, am I the right anyone? Can it really be you praying for someone sick in your workplace and expecting that God would heal them? Can it really be you praying for for someone in your household and and God's comfort coming upon them? Can it really be you finding loving union with God and being transformed? Can it really be you even if you're in politics or you're in business and when, when a Kenyan says I'm a business person they are doing everything but still can it really be you? Are you the right anyone? So Lord come Come and have your way. Awaken our hearts. And if, Lord, you, you actually meant that it, was, it, 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 we, it can be anyone, I ask that you pour out your spirit on all flesh again. Whether it's a desire for the kingdom of God or just curiosity, Lord, fill us again. Speak to us and do what only you can do. So today we start with... Um, the story of Jesus, and he was, he was, he was giving a teaching on prayer. Uh, this is in Luke's. Uh, his disciples had asked him, teach us how to pray, and this is how he teaches on prayer. Okay. Uh, slides. Oh, there we go. Jesus said to them, uh, okay. Then Jesus said to them, suppose you have a friend and you go to him at midnight and say, friend, lend me three loaves of bread. Someone coming to you at midnight is not your friend. Anyway, no, no, that's true. You might, for bread, seriously, like seriously. You could wait until maybe 3 a.m., but Jesus is living in a crazy world. Okay, a friend of mine on a journey, I'm really sorry, we need to get serious. A friend of mine on a journey has come to me and I have no food to offer him. And suppose the one inside answers, don't bother me. That would definitely be George. Don't bother me. The door is already locked. He doesn't answer my phone calls. Anyway, and and my children and I are in bed. I can't get up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not get up and give you bread because of friendship, Yet because of your shameless audacity, he will surely get up and give you as much bread as you need. Jesus is saying, this guy will go, just get rid of George and give him some bread, you know. And you know, um, we, we often look at that, it is a teaching on prayer. And so Jesus is talking about persisting in prayer. When we come before our Father and ask, let us keep asking, let us keep asking. That even if you think God doesn't love you enough to give to you, because of your audacity, He just might. But you see, often we think it's just about persistence. Because we have a very narrow teaching on prayer. We think it's just to pray for things. It's a much bigger picture. It's not wrong we're being invited to persist, but that's just a very narrow view of prayer. You know, it's about an invitation to, oh my word, to remain with the Father, to spend time with the Father, to keep coming to the Father, to keep coming to the Father. Actually, Jesus concludes this teaching 
with, with receiving the Holy Spirit. He started teaching about prayer. Then he's talking about when you ask for stuff from God. And then he finishes, guess what? The Father will give you the Spirit. Let's, let's read that uh, last portion, 11 to 13. So I, I say to you, ask and it will be given. Seek and you will find. Knock and the door will be opened to you. For any, everyone who asks receives, the one who seeks finds, and to the one who knocks, the door will be opened. Listen to that uh, voice of God, George. Uh, next one. Which of you fathers, if your son asks for fish, will give him a snake instead? Or if he asks for an egg, will give him a scorpion? If you then, though you are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father in heaven give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? Wait, I thought we were asking for bread. See what this is about? Prayer is really about, prayer is not an end to itself. It's not about, oh, I pray three times a day. And someone goes, well, I'll pray five times. Prayer is not an end to itself. It's really an invitation to dwell, to abide with, with the Father. And Jesus is saying, no matter what we think about an answered prayer, because that is something we often have to contend with. No matter what we think about an answered prayer, there is no argument that the Father is willing and He is generous to give us His presence. That at the end of the day, the biggest reward is his presence and his glory. If you keep asking, if you keep seeking, I don't care what you're asking for. And even better, if you ask for the Spirit of God, the Father is willing and he is generous. To who? Anyone who asks. For those who don't know what to do with the Holy Spirit, one of the questions I want to ask you today, have you asked? Have you dare ask your father, give me yourself, give me your spirit. You are the right anyone. When Jesus says anyone, he means you and you and you and even me. All we need to do is ask. Well, I have some good news. We are not the only ones to struggle with this question. We're not the only ones to ask ourselves, are there hoops to jump? What do I need to do to receive the Holy Spirit? How much more do I need to know about Jesus? How much more of my Bible do I need to learn? How long should I have been saved? How, how sinless should I be to receive the Holy Spirit? I'm still struggling with this pattern. Can I receive the Holy Spirit? Can those people receive the Holy Spirit? We're not the, we're not the first ones to struggle with this. One of Jesus' famous disciples actually struggled with it. You know, Peter, Peter really struggled with whether other people can be accepted into, uh, into the fold of disciples. He really did. I like, I like the honesty of the Bible because it doesn't hide it. And so one, uh, um, and one time the early church, the leaders and elders of the early church were having a council meeting and, and they were debating this question. Can we allow those who are not one of us in terms of race and, and tribe to be part of what Jesus has started? Can, can they also be with us? Or do they need to get circumcised and keep our food rules for them to become part of us? Um, and then um, 
Peter stands up and, and, and answers them uh, and says this in Acts 15, 6 to 8. He says, the apostles and the elders met to consider this question, the question I've just told you. After much discussion, this is how the church decides stuff. There's always conversation. Why? Because the Holy Spirit, God in his wisdom, works through and with people. After much discussion, Peter got up and addressed them. Brothers, you know that some time ago, God made a choice among you that the Gentiles uh, uh, may hear from my lips the message of the gospel and believe. God, who knows the heart, showed that he accepted them by giving them the Holy Spirit uh, to them just as he did to us. He did not discriminate between us and them, for he purified their hearts by faith. They were talking about whether they could be saved. And Peter is going, guys, it's more than salvation. God won't just save them. He will give them the Holy Spirit. And they're just going, oh yeah, by the way, we, we, we know that happened. And this changed the trajectory of that conversation. He, like many of us, thought that there was a right someone. That there was a right anyone. You know? At the, in, that, in that moment, the biggest division was the Jew and non-Jew division. And I don't know what yours is. What, 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 where do you draw the line and go, these people cannot receive the Holy Spirit? And, and maybe you're drawing the line on yourself. Like, yeah, I think people can, but I'm not sure I can, you know? And then, this is the same scenario. God pours out His Spirit on those anyone that we think He never could. Because it's the promise Jesus made that anyone who believes, this was the fulfillment of Jesus' promise. And you know, this refers to, um, this refers to almost, think about it. Those who you, those anyone's you think, maybe they have the wrong politics. Because Jesus agrees with how you vote. Right? No. <laughs> But yeah, maybe, maybe they're voting for Ayla and Jesus has decided it's Ruto who's going to become president. And so you think, but they couldn't be filled with the Holy Spirit. Do you see how Ruto... Okay, sorry. I sh Lord, help me. <laughs> okay. I have repented. Uh, <laughs> maybe they go to the wrong church. They don't know where the vineyard is. And we think, oh, but God only visits the vineyard. Maybe they have the wrong theology. Maybe they're not saved enough. They come here and they cry and then you know what they do. And you're thinking, this one? No, not the Holy Spirit. Maybe they have the wrong sexual preference. Or you think their, sexu uh, their, their sexual ethics is a bit old school. It's just like, can God really feel these people? Or maybe it's just you, you're thinking, yeah, maybe everyone else but me. God poured, pours out his spirit on his children regardless, without discrimination. All we need to do is move towards him. So this is what, the story that changed Peter's mind happened a few chapters back. He was sleeping on the, on the rooftop. Don't know why you do that, but he's on the rooftop. He's sleeping. He falls into a trance, you know, or... or 
some would say he's having a vision and there is just all animals that he would never eat because he honors Yahweh he's he's a Jew he goes I would never eat those things and and the Holy Spirit says no slaughter and eat oh Lord I would never do that think of everything you do to honor God genuinely and then the Holy Spirit says don't call anything I have uh, called clean unclean it happens three other times and he wakes up and he's startled like what is happening and right after that uh, um, there are three people who come to him uh, that were Gentiles listen Gentiles were unclean to the Jews they would never eat with them they would never go into their house and even what they ate was unclean think about the most unclean people you can think of and think of yourself if some of that is a barrier for you and these are the people who come to to Peter and 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 Peter realizes oh this could be oh yeah the Holy Spirit says that people are coming for you go with them and he goes with them really out of obedience he's not he's not really sorted out what has happened to him he goes out of obedience Peter gets there and there's a gathering of Gentiles of all the wrong anyone's they're ready to hear from him he's really there out of obedience I don't think he agrees with Jesus at this point then here's the experience that changed Pete's mind um, let's read what happened while Peter was still saying these things he started a sermon while Peter was still saying these things the Holy Spirit fell on all who heard the word and the believers from among the circumcised the believers who were doing all the right things to be the right anyone's the believers from among the circumcised who had come with Peter were amazed because the gift of the Holy Spirit was poured out even on the Gentiles even on the wrong anyone's it's like Peter didn't even have to finish his sermon I think Peter I've always uh, said that Peter was giving a sermon because he thought okay I am here out of obedience the best I can do is prepare these people let me teach them a bit maybe they need to know a little bit more before they can receive the Holy Spirit and God's going okay Peter you're wasting time boom and that's why they're going what did God just pour out the Holy Spirit on the Gentiles no hoops to jump we don't have to finish our very long prepared sermon you mean it can be you and you and you and even me you are the right anyone so what do we do we are a people of unclean lips and unclean hands and impure hearts David wrote in a psalm who will ascend the hill of the Lord only those with clean hands and pure hearts John one of the disciples of Jesus writes a letter and starts by saying if we say we have no sin we lie and the Word of God is not in us in other words every time we read that psalm who will ascend the hill of the Lord those who have pure uh, clean hands oops not mine pure heart oops not mine and 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 sin does separate us from God 
that word holy in, in the name Holy Spirit means something. So what do we do? What does it mean for us? Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you will stop contending with your humanity. Being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean you'll stop contending with life itself. The story in the book of Acts is about ordinary people filled with the Holy Spirit and then they start navigating uh, through what that meant. And so we are seeing a lot of brokenness. Peter, even despite this experience, went to another Gentile city and, and did not want to eat with the Gentiles. He still had issues to work through. Paul, despite being, being gathered from, from uh, um, a murderous rage, he couldn't forgive uh, uh, one of the apostles who let them down. He said, I will not go with him because he deserted us. It's like, Paul, haven't you been forgiven yourself? What we see in the book of Acts is a story of broken, uh, uh, brokenness, a story of suffering. These people go to jail over and over again and all of them die. But they're filled with the Holy Spirit. So being filled with the Holy Spirit doesn't mean we're exempt, we, we no longer contend with our humanity and, and, and life itself. Yet God filled them with the Spirit. That says so much about the Father than it says about us. Being filled with the Holy Spirit says so much about God than it says about me, about you, about anyone. The invitation is we need to stop measuring our acceptance by our performance, with our performance. We need to stop measuring how willing God is to pour out His Spirit on you by your performance. Did you do well this week? Did you pray harder? Did you give your tithe? Did you... Did you overcome lust this week? Did you not visit that site? Did you treat your husband well? Did you treat your kids well? We need to stop measuring our acceptance by the Father uh, with our performance. It's just not commensurate. The Father pours out His Spirit on His children. Instead, what the invitation is, is we need to become a people of confession and a people of repentance. Sin, what sin means is missing the mark. So imagine you're in a target spot, whether it's shooting an arrow. Yeah, let's just go with that. And, and there's a target. Every time you shoot the arrow, it, it, it deviates. It never hits the target. That's the image we should get when we think about sin. And all of us miss the target. That's what Paul teaches. All of us miss the target. That's what John is saying. If you say you have no sin, you're lying. All of us miss the target. So what do we do? What is the invitation to become a people of uh, confession and repentance? Because the target is really about union with the Father. We were created for union with God. We were created to contain the presence and the glory of God. That's really the target. That's why the, an old uh, um, Jewish prayer, an old prayer for Israel called the Shema starts with, Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God, our God is one. It's about unity with the Father. 
Anytime we try to achieve that target by our own means, we fail. Whether it's by failing morally or by doing moral things, thinking that that is how you get to the target. Sin isn't just about, oh, whoa, I, I really shouldn't have insulted that person. Sometimes we are holding on to our good, our, our, our performance, thinking this is how we get to the target. And this is, is, is where we fail. All of us miss the target anytime we try to achieve that by our own means. This is what happens from the beginning. When Adam and Eve listened to that lie, do you realize that Adam and Eve were never tempted to eat the fruit? They were just asked to not trust God. They made the choice. It was, it was, never, about the, it was never about a moral action. It was about can you achieve God's purposes by your own means? Every time we are falling into sin is because in that moment we've decided I can achieve my joy, I can achieve my peace, I can achieve my satisfaction, I can achieve my union with God by my own means and we miss the target. And so we're invited to be a people of repentance, confession and repentance. Remember Jesus' teaching? He gives, the Father gives the Holy Spirit to his children. How much more? The reason we receive the Holy Spirit is not because of our performance, but because of our relationship, His relationship to us. Jesus, is, Jesus at His baptism receives the Holy Spirit. And do you know what a, a God's voice says? This is my Son, and I am completely pleased with Him. God is so pleased with Jesus, He anoints Him with the Holy Spirit. What has Jesus done? Nothing yet. The Father loves you enough to pour out His Spirit. And you don't have to do anything but accept that invitation to become a son and a daughter of God. Son, sonship or daughtership has nothing to do with us. The Father adopts us. It's the same thing. The reason you are a right to anyone to receive the Holy Spirit is because the Father loves you as a child. So this is how John finishes that statement. Um, if we conf uh, uh, let's start from the previous one. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. And then the invitation is, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. That unrighteousness is a legal term. He makes us get back to right standing with him. We get the right relationship if we become a people of confession. If we become a people of confession. So come boldly to the Father. Boldness in front of the throne of God means you know you belong. song that I sang many years ago here is I don't care where you've been sleeping I don't care who's made your bed I already gave my life to set you free and that is scandalous but that's the invitation come boldly to the father if you will be a people of confession he not only will forgive your sins he will give you the right standing you are a child of God and therefore God pours out his spirit 
So who will ascend the hill of the Lord? It's us. Because the Father will give us a clean hand and a pure heart. If we're a people of confession. He cleanses us of all sin. He makes you, 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 and even me the right anyone. He pours out his spirit because he's a good father. Nothing to do with your performance. And then a people of repentance because what repentance means, and I've always said, it's not making this prayer of, oh, I have sinned, I have sinned, and that's good. But repentance means changing your mind about these things, and then your life follows through. It's about deciding that you cannot achieve God's grace by your own means, whether it is good action or, uh, or moral failure. You cannot achieve God's promises for you by your own means. Change your mind about those things and start moving towards God. That's what repentance means. Why don't I call the band back on stage? I invite us to stand. Father is saying, my son, my daughter, do you know you are the right anyone? I delight in you. I am longing to journey with you, to transform you. I am longing to go on an adventure with you. God does all these other things through us because he actually enjoys doing things with his children. And I just want to invite us to just a time of repentance. In confession. I know very well the voice of the enemy accusing me. I don't know how many times I have just prayed that psalm, Lord, my sin is always before me. And I'm constantly reaching out to this, to the voice of the Holy Spirit saying, you are clean. I have made you clean. You are mine. I have delivered you. I have called you by name. And the reason I give my yes every morning is because he has said yes to me. The reason I dare lay hands on the sick is because he has said yes to me. And I've decided that I am going to go as long as the Father wants to take me with him. And I feel that the Lord wants to silence the voice of the accuser in some of y'all's life. He's constantly accusing you. You did this and you are this. And the Father is saying, that's not my voice. You failed. 
You failed as a parent. You failed um, as a son. You failed as a daughter. And God is saying, that's not my voice. Listen to me. My sheep hear my voice and they, and they know me. invite you to raise your voices and just say yes God's gift some of you it's asking for forgiveness and and needing to receive it because if I saying I forgive you and you just keep holding it to him it's like but do you remember what I did last summer and God I forgive you I just feel like some of us are, are, are not, we are in relationship with, with people who are close to us, but, but we keep holding what we did to them against ourselves and we cannot open ourselves up to love ever again. And God wants to heal that. And God wants to heal the wound caused by the voice of shame because shame steals our identity. Shame calls you, shame says to you, you are bad. Instead of going, oh, you did the wrong thing, shame tells you you're a bad person. And some of us have been hearing that voice this week saying you're a bad person. And the Father wants to heal that. So come, Lord. Come and set us free. the last invitation is for those who want to follow Jesus you've wondered if people like you are the right anyone or the saying yes so come Lord I just invite you guys to whatever it looks like for you whether it is just standing in silence as some of you are or praying or joining us in worship for a moment let's just, let's just ask 